So good morning, everyone. Nice to have you join us on our online stream this morning. My name's Paul. I'm one of the pastors here. And I get to spend the next 20 minutes uh, recapturing some of the video that you saw a little while ago, which was brilliantly done, and some of the reason why we spent 15, 20 minutes in worship to this guy called Jesus here in uh, Clive and his silky smooth, silky smooth vocals this morning. And um, I'm in the same building as those guys, socially distanced, and it's just great to be here among those. But it's great to join you online as well. So over the past year, if there's one thing I think I've learned, it's to learn to slow down a bit, learn to reconsider a few things, especially as we're kind of like looking like we're coming out of lockdown a bit. And um, I want to make sure that I still slow down and just reconsider some different things, including my faith as a Christian. And I want to encourage you, over the next couple of weeks, when we kind of gather together, it starts today, our Easter series, we're getting together on Good Friday as well, Easter Sunday, and the following Sunday. I want to encourage you as Christians, or even if you don't even know Jesus, take this time to slow down. Reconsider the Easter story. Reconsider the cross of Christ and what it means. And what we're going to do in a moment is reconsider some of that video that we've just seen, The Last Supper. Jesus in the garden, and all these different kind of things. So, Easter, the event in history which genuinely proves the love of God to humanity, to you as an individual. Easter, the event in history that proves God does get involved in our lives and has not left us alone. If you felt alone over the past year, I want to encourage you to look again at the cross. Look up. See Jesus, he has not left you. The event in history, Easter, which is set in stone one way, one way by which we can be right with God. One way. Today we're looking at the lead up to Jesus' crucifixion. In the Bible is the book of Luke, and we're going to go from chapter 22 and discover an overview of what was taking place on the lead up to his crucifixion. So, let's get started. I want to start by asking you a question. Have you ever had one of those times where you're really looking forward to something that's coming up, but you have to go through something that you're really looking forward, not looking forward to, to get there? Let me give you an example. I love going on holiday, I'm sure most of us do. I love a nice sandy beach, blue sea, blue sky, nice drink, nice food, the culture, all of that kind of stuff. I'm sure we'll get there again soon at the right time. I, for one, can't wait. I love that, but the thing is, I have to do something before I get there, which I really don't like, I have to set foot on a massive metal bird and fly in the air. I'm really not a fan of flying. Here's what I normally do. I'll get on the aeroplane with my family. I make sure my family is sat down. Before I even buckle up on the seat, I always wear a hoodie. I take the hoodie off. This is going to sound really weird. Okay? I take the hoodie off. I put it on back to front so the hood's here. All right, stewardess goes up and down, kind of looking at me, thinking, that's just a bit weird. Are you okay, sir? I'm fine. Please leave me alone. I am mid-panic attack because I'm going to be flying in a minute. Plane takes off. Absolutely fine with the, um, taking off and landing. It's in the air. Here's what I normally do. I've got the hoodie around the wrong way. I put the hood over my face. And for some reason, I think, if I've got the hood over my face and I close my eyes the plane's not going to encounter any turbulence and I'm going to be absolutely fine. I don't know how that works, but for me, it just somehow does. Anyway, here's the point. The thing is, the reward that awaits me when I land is so great 
that I'm happy to go through the aeroplane flight. The anticipation that I have inside of the good will get me through the bad bit. As we start out on our Easter series today, keep this thought in mind. Keep this thought in mind. The reward outweighs the tough bit. The central figure in our story is Jesus Christ. And Hebrews 12.2 says this about the man Jesus. Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. He's the one who started it. For the joy set before him endured the cross. This means that to get through the cross, Jesus knew there was something on the other side of it that was well worth the cost. There was an anticipation at the toughest time in his life. There was an anticipation within that helped him get through this whole part of his life and mission. And this part of his life and mission was going to be incredibly painful. What was it? What was the anticipation that was brewing inside? What was he looking ahead to that would bring him joy? Well, we find the story around a meal, the answer around the meal. And this is where we begin our journey. So we join the journey in Luke 22. Let's set the scene. The place we find ourselves is in the city of Jerusalem, along with Jesus and his 12 disciples, are thousands, thousands of other Jews who have made the long, sweaty, exhausting, hot, dusty journey to celebrate a meal called Passover. This was a major celebration in the calendar, in the life of the people of God, the Jewish nation. This was a major celebration retelling the story of God bringing his people, saving them out of slavery in Egypt. In verse 9 in chapter 22, we read about this meal, about this Passover celebration, and the disciples begin to make preparation for the Passover, and this was something that would have taken all day. Then the actual meal would have started at sundown and ended at midnight and included good food. It included traditionally four large cups of wine. This was a long but great and significant day which held a huge amount, and I'm talking a huge amount, of metaphorical importance. What I mean by that is all the different elements of this meal had a meaning. It celebrated something historical that God had done in the past, but it also looked forward. I don't know why I'm standing that way. It also looked forward. It looked forward to a coming Messiah, a coming salvation, a bigger, better salvation that was going to happen in the future. So the meal had two elements. It looked forward, it looked back, <laughs> and it looked forward. But what's equally important about this meal is not just its meaning, but those who are sat around the table. Let's take a minute to consider that. The attitude of hospitality in the time of Jesus cannot be underestimated. This was a time when there wasn't any police, there was no social welfare system, there was nothing like that going on. There was no insurance. And so the people that you hung out with, you really had to trust them. When you ate together around a table or you sat around the floor as they would have done, it was much more than just eating. This was family. 
It was a place of mutual trust and vulnerability. Sitting at a table with someone meant that you shared a protected relationship with them. Who you ate with revealed something important about who you were. And it also showed about those who you belonged to. This relationship between Jesus and his rabble of disciples was of the deepest, strongest, and most important depth and level. Making the actions of Judas, the famous Judas, even more of a betrayal later in the story. I want to focus for a moment on Luke 22, 19 to 20. This bit which takes place sets up the cross and the resurrection and helps us see what it's all about. Listen to this part of their meal together. This is what Jesus said. We heard it a moment ago. Talks to his disciples, takes a very, very metaphorical, important part of the meal, and this is what it says. Take this bread and divide it among you. This is my body which I'm giving for you. Do this breaking of bread in remembrance of me. And then he takes the cup of the wine and he said, this cup that is poured out for you is a new covenant. Remember that word, covenant, a new covenant in my blood. What's Jesus saying in this? This is what's happening in this. Jesus takes two parts of a meal, which is all about looking forward to that area of the coming Messiah the salvation that is to come. And he says to those disciples around him, he's like waving it right in front of him, he said, guys, that saviour, it's me. He says, it's me. I'm going to suffer for the salvation of the world. This is a moment, okay? This is a collision between everything that was promised and reality. All the Passover meals that have been pointing towards the Messiah coming. Jesus is sitting there and saying, all of this promise is now a reality. The promised Messiah was walking the streets of Jerusalem and was just about to fulfill the work of salvation and this meal sealed it. Take a moment to think about what's going on. This was all in the context of a meal with Jesus' disciples, his friends. The Son of God sharing a table with this mixed bunch of people to whom he had developed the deepest of relationship. He was sat around a table, a protective relationship, and was pointing them towards salvation. And by sharing the bread and the wine with them, he was saying, take it. The salvation is for you. Notice the word covenant, what I said a minute ago. A covenant isn't just some sort of kind of, I don't know, a contract written on paper. This is a mutual acceptance of something which is made from deep relationship. From deep relationship. It's not a contract. It's deeper than that. It bonds people together. Covenants were normally celebrated around a meal as well. And this was a meal. This salvation was something unchanging and the deepest commitment from the Son of God to his group of friends. Jesus was committing himself to his followers and by his followers taking that bread and the wine, they were probably, they were committing themselves to him. 
I wonder if the disciples at this moment in time understood the true importance of what was being said and fulfilled. Jesus himself was fulfilling the Passover meal and they were sat round the table with him. I wonder if I would have understood, understood that the Son of God was offering to me a seat at his table. The place where I belonged and was a part of. I was welcomed at that table, a protected and secure relationship with the Son of God. A place of importance, a place of fulfillment, a place at the table meant being accepted by God, welcomed by God, known by God. Here's what we have to conclude from this part before we move on. Jesus, the Son of God, loved his friends and made a covenant of salvation with them. And the disciples taking the bread and wine meant that they were all in. Accepting the covenant and committing to it. The journey from here shows straight away how Jesus was unwavering and unfaltering in his commitment to this covenant relationship. He never gave up. But it's a different story for most of his disciples, most of his followers, as although they never gave up, they faltered. We read on. From this point, it's all moving forward still to Jesus' crucifixion. Judas, who'd already betrayed Jesus, and things were in motion for Jesus to be arrested. It's the early hours of the morning, and Jesus, knowing what's to come, his crucifixion, it's the bit he has to go through to get to the joy where he wants to be. And he knows the severity of the pain. Luke 22, verse 39 to 45, he's on the Mount of Olives and he's sweating blood. He's sweating blood from fear, pleading with his Father in heaven to find another way to bring salvation. There's no other way. His Father in heaven is going to go through it. And so Jesus himself submits his will to his Father in heaven and says, okay, if this is the only way, then I'll do it. His Father in heaven is still going through with what needs to be done. And so Jesus does the same. During this time, Jesus asks his friends to keep a watch and stay awake and pray. But having been involved in such a long day and such a long meal and four cups of wine, they just couldn't stay awake and fell asleep. At a time when Jesus needed the support from his closest friends, they were tired and couldn't give it. They couldn't even pray for themselves like Jesus, Jesus has suggested in verse 40. What must that have been like for the Son of God? Even before enduring the cross, he experiences a severe form of panic and anxiety, along with the feeling of being alone. We already see from verse 34, Jesus already knows that one of his closest friends, Peter, He's going to deny him three times. He's going to say, I never knew Jesus. What must that have been like? Just adding to the pain, remembering the covenant that they'd made with each other just a few hours earlier. And then the moment happens. In the early hours of the morning, they've finished Passover at midnight, gone to the Mount of Olives, in the early hours of the morning, the day after the Passover meal, Judas leads the crowd to Jesus and betrays him. Do you know what? This makes me emotional. He betrays him with a kiss. 
What a betrayal. What a betrayal. Wonder how Jesus felt. Jesus' followers react and threaten violence, but Jesus calmed them, knowing that this was the, the hour he had to face. He wasn't going to put it off. There was no turning back. His time had come to be handed over to be crucified. And so consider this question before we end this part of our journey together. At such a lonely moment when Jesus experiences betrayal from Judas, he knows about the denial of Peter and the lack of understanding from his friends at his deepest time of need. What would you have done? Would you have reacted to this and just walked away, going on from the plan of salvation? I have to be honest, I think I would have walked away. But Jesus didn't. Even after being let down by those he was going to bring salvation to, what kept him on track and from not walking away from his mission? What was it that kept him going? Covenant kept him going. Jesus had made a promise a few hours earlier out of a deep commitment and relationship to bring salvation to the people, his friends that he loves. He's not going to walk away from those no matter what the cost. You see, going back to where we started, we now begin to realize the joy set before, which enabled him to get through the cross. It was the salvation of the people he loves. This was the goal. This was the good on the other side of the bad. This was the beach on the other side of the aeroplane flight. Jesus held a huge amount of anticipation around what was to come. The thing what was to come was the salvation of a world that he loves. What are we left to consider towards Good Friday and the crucifixion? It's this. These are the words of Jesus himself. From Revelation, here I am, he says. Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If you hear my voice and you open the door of your heart, I will come in and eat with you in person and you will eat with me. The anticipation of Jesus, which got him through the cross, was seeing people like you, seeing people like me, seeing people like the guys that we read about on the page of the Bible, sitting around the table, sharing a meal, pointing to salvation and accepting salvation. Anticipation of Jesus, which got him through that, was seeing people sat around a table and eating with him. And you are invited. He's inviting you and offering you the same depth of relationship and commitment and covenant as those people that were sat around the table. This offer isn't just for those people on the pages of the Bible. It's for anyone who takes him up on his offer when he says, I will come and eat with you. But he says, will you eat with me? He welcomes you to his table. He offers you the bread and the wine of a new covenant of salvation by which you come into the most important relationship you will ever embark on. A relationship with God. But you have to be right with God for that to start. And that's the story. That's the meaning. Remember these three things as we head towards Good Friday. First thing, Jesus endured the cross for the joy set before him. That joy is seeing the likes of you and me sat around his table, 
accepting this covenant. You're invited to the table. He wants to eat with you, but you must eat with him. This means you accept Jesus. This means that you are all in to this relationship covenant with him. This is only where salvation happens. The third thing, let's learn from what we see in this relationship between Jesus and his disciples. Jesus knows you're not perfect. Jesus knows you're probably going to mess up and let him down at some point. But he will not give up on you, and he will not give up on his side of the covenant he's made with you. He loves you. He loves you enough to stand by you. And as you read on in the Bible, you discover Jesus never leaves his disciples, even after their mistakes. In fact, he continues to prove his love after the cross for them and for the rest of the world he came to save. On Friday, this coming Friday, join us on Zoom. Hear about the resurrection, not the resurrection, hear about the crucifixion, the next part of the story. Join us, especially if you're wanting to know more about this salvation. We're going to respond now by breaking bread together. Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Think back what we've just learned, what we've just understood. We're going to break bread together. In a moment, the band are going to just play for a song. As they do, break bread in your homes. We do this to always remember this covenant relationship Jesus made. When we do it, we remember Jesus' sacrifice and the cost. We remember Jesus' side of the relationship, which he is 100% committed to. But we do it remembering our side of the covenant. We say again to Jesus, I'm all in. I will follow you. I make mistakes and I understand you will never leave. Although I make mistakes, I want you to know again as I break bread, I am all in, Jesus. I am, this is my side of the covenant. I come to you and I bring all I can. We say again, I believe you are the son of God who brings to me salvation. We're going to hand over to the guys. They're going to lead us through a song. During the song, break bread, take the wine, remember, give thanks and recommit in this covenant relationship that Jesus has welcomed you into.